In this video, should you quote-unquote invest in a new vehicle, big, heavy, diesel, 4x4, for example, given the regulatory focus on the environment and the fact that they might just whip the rug out from under the sale of diesel anytime. What's going to happen to the value of your asset if they do that? I'm John Cadogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars, cheap, even filthy CO2 belching 4x4s to take to Dingo Piss Creek with a chitoire. Yes, you know you want to. Where were we? Website. Card. Now, I got these three questions and they're kind of related, okay? And they paint this picture about diesel and alternative fuels and things of that nature. Should you buy a hybrid instead? Blah, blah, blah. We'll get to that in just a sec. This video is sponsored by Olight. There's a sale on right now, which ends Thursday, the 29th of September at midnight. Discounts up to 50% until then. Some of the highlights now. The all-new Audience is the perfect workshop, camping, and in-vehicle roadside repair light. Marauder 2 is a powerhouse packing 14,000 lumens with flood mode and spot mode for search. O-Lantern Classic 2 Pro, which is great for camping and also dead handy around the backyard barbecue. Baton 3 Pro, compact and affordable for everyday carry, but with a 1500 lumen punch when you crank it right up. Perrin 2, the right angle flashlight that morphs seamlessly into a powerful head torch using the included elastic headband rig. And lastly, two new O-Knives, the Roboto, a Tanto style 154 chrome molly blade with a rail lock and the tiny but useful mini Drever with N690 stainless steel sheep's foot blade. Both blades roughly 58 Rockwell C hardness, they're titanium coated and the knives feature grippy G10 scales. There's a link in the description plus a code for 12% off outside the sale. I use an Olight Warrior Mini 2 every day and it has been totally dependable. Anyway, significant savings right across the Olight range right now if you're interested. Let's kick off with the principal inquiry here from a dude just like you, only named Ian Bullen. Bullow, who says, I'm in a quandary. Probably need low range to get out of a predicament such as that. We live in the country and have had a VX Prado on order since March this year. Oh, so your order's just a baby. Probably won't get it till 2025, dude. And don't look like getting it until sometime in the first quarter next year if we're lucky. Yeah, if they don't change the rules a hundred times and pump the price by another 20 grand. With the environmental agenda of the new federal government, I'm becoming increasingly concerned it may be a mistake to spend 85 grand <laughs> on a diesel vehicle that may become worthless in a very quick period or be taxed to buggery. I hate it when they tax it to buggery become unaffordable to run. What future do you see for such vehicles given the communicated government plans to attract diesel vehicles? And accordingly, would you see it as a mistake to buy a Prado at this point in time? Would a hybrid Kluger be a better interim alternative 
if not having four-wheel drive is not a showstopper for us. Interested in your opinion on this? Thank you for your time. Well, that's a very good question, Ian. And I think a lot of people must be thinking that because you can't turn on the friggin' news or go to news.com or something without seeing one of these stories about the electric future. But the reality is there is no electric car you can buy today that will do what a Prado will do, right? And when you have a look out there on the highway and you see all of those trucks, there is no electric truck that will do that long haul stuff either. I mean, that is a fantasy. And they may move to hybrid or whatever else, but the reality is that we've got a drinking problem in Australia and there are some far-reaching consequences to that and one of them is systematic inertia, right? Like every year we drink 10 billion litres of diesel just to get the job done. And most of that job is getting that flat screen TV that's with its 10, 20,000 buddies in a shipping container to a logistics distribution facility and then pulling them out on palletized loads and getting them to JB Hi-Fi here and getting them to whatever retailer over here. And they just, you can't do that without a fleet of various different sized trucks and all this logistic whatever. Like you go to the supermarket and in the city in particular, like if you watch a supermarket, all you see is consumers going in the bright, shiny end of it. But in the arse end of the supermarket, you just see dirty, big, rigid trucks coming in the back all day long, unloading pallets of stuff for us to shove down our pie holes or clean our toilets with or whatever, right? What I'm saying is the joint runs on diesel and that's not changing anytime soon. And given the size of the diesel apparatus around us, like 10 billion litres, if you had it all in one place at one time, it's a football field by a football field, steel tank, a thousand metres high. And it's completely impractical. You'd never build a tank that way. It wouldn't stand up. It'd be too high. You'd have to put flashing lights on it. So, you know, planes didn't crash in. It would be taller than the Burj Khalifa. Only Tom Cruise is not going to hang out of it for a Mission Impossible reboot kind of thing, right? We burn a shitload of this stuff and it can't readily be changed. So despite the political rhetoric, diesel is going to be part of the mobility landscape for decades to come. That's just how it is. We got to do something about coal because of the climate problem. That's not optional. But diesel, getting the job done, the fact that there is no environmental alternative off the shelf. And if you wanted a hydrogen fleet of trucks to do that, like Jesus, that's an infrastructure challenge, isn't it? We'd have to put hydrogen refuelers everywhere that trucks refuel around the nation. So I'm not seeing statements of that ilk from Albo's mob, right? He's not standing up announcing the equivalent of snowy hydro friggin' 2.0 only with hydrogen, right? That's not happening. So most of this stuff is just green appeasing rhetoric that you're hearing. And the fact is, I think you are completely safe buying a diesel. The other thing is, if you live in the country and you drive long distances on the open road, hybrid, which was the alternative mentioned here, it's, it's really just excess baggage on the open road because hybrids do their voodoo slowing down and speeding up right? They don't do their voodoo of energy management 
at 100 k's an hour on the highway for six hours, right? <laughs> they just don't. So the big heavy battery, it's excess baggage every time you do that. The most environmentally friendly fuel for long distance driving is diesel. It's at least 20% lower in terms of its CO2 output than an equivalent petrol vehicle. And I know I'm gonna get a whole bunch of dickheads in the comments who say, oh, my hybrid is spectacular on the highway. Yeah, they're reasonably fuel efficient on the highway because they've got Atkinson cycle engines, but the hybrid system is not doing its voodoo on the highway. It's not, okay? And therefore, a hybrid's place, when you think about maximum fuel efficiency benefit, is in built-up areas, urban driving. They're great for taxis, right? They're great for taxis. Plug-in hybrids are fantastic if you only drive 20 or 30 k's a day and you can be disciplined enough to depart every day with a full battery right? But not for country driving. They're just a fish out of water. It's the wrong vehicle for the wrong job, you know? Now, this is related, okay? I got this from Hank, Hank O, the other day, who says he's got a 2006 BF Ute one-ton drop side with a hardwood floor, yes, powered by the factory e-gas motor. Now, the e-gas motor is LPG, right? Which in Australia is propane. And Ford did that mainly for taxis, okay? Because taxis, when they were all Falcons, they used to run on gas. So Ford sold a shitload of e-gas Falcon taxi pack things and servos used to routinely offer auto LPG, right? And that's diminishing now, which we'll get to. Hank goes on and says, in the last six months, three local servos stopped supplying LPG at the Bowser. Two of the stations at Caltex and BP. I now have to drive to the opposite end of Caboolture. Jesus Christ, dude, that, that must take you four to five minutes. Seeing all the highlights, things to see and do in Caboolture on the way. Hmm, fancy that. From where I live, to fill up at the Shell Servo. I'm a bit concerned at the prospects of not being able to fill up at the Bowser anywhere in the future. Would it ever come to the point where there would be no servo in Caboolture to fill up? Yeah, if Shell stops selling it because there's statistically no demand. Yeah. Bayute has done only 126,000 kilometres. That's in 16 years. Dude, you hardly drive. I've had it from new and I really love it. And there's nothing wrong with that, Hank. Should I resort to selling it? And if so, would I only get a pittance for it because of the gas-only setup? Well, yeah, and because it's 16 years old. Or is it safe enough to keep it? We'll just, we'll get to that. What I'd do is I'd figure out where auto LPG is available and how far away that is from you and mark the top six or eight locations. And if you can still get it, like, and it's reasonably proximal, then just... Go for a little bit of a drive once a fortnight or something, you know, because you're only filling up once a fortnight at the, the amount you drive. It's not like you're filling up twice a day or anything. I'd love to hear you on this. Maybe not if I've sent you up and so represented your position badly, Hank, but it's always dangerous when you give something to a journalist and say, oh, I'd love to hear what he thinks. If you have the time to address a trivial matter such as, well, I don't think your problem is trivial, Hank. I don't, dude. I'm just beginning to be troubled by this as I'm an old age pensioner and I haven't got the money to splash on another vehicle. Do I keep it or should I sell it? 
keep it. Keep it, Hank, I say. Keep it. Just make a little map of the servos currently stocking auto LPG and take yourself out for an entertaining little drive, even if it's for as much as 15 or 20 minutes to the next one. And that's only when the shell servo folds, dude. You'll probably still be able to find it somewhere, but it's been some time since there were a shit ton of taxis running on auto LPG, right? And that meant there were other private vehicles running on it as well, you know? So, and we're talking about Caboolture here. We're not talking about Brisbane, right? So from the point of view of Ian's earlier inquiry, what if diesel starts to dry up? Well, I'd suggest that diesel is bigger than LPG ever was, okay? And LPG is only just starting to dry up now after all this time, and it's starting to happen in places like Caboolture in Queensland, which is, it's not exactly a whistle stop, but it's not exactly a thriving metropolis on every tourist's to see list, is it? Okay? So I'd suggest that there is so much inertia in the operational aspects of the fuels that we're currently using that the status quo will pertain and evolve very gradually for the foreseeable future because it can't do anything else. Now, finally, I wanted to cover off a question from Rob Murray. Ah, Muzzy. Ah, Muzzy. It's almost a, it's almost a Bogan fashion brand, isn't it? Like a Hauso fashion brand. The Flano by Armazi kind of thing. Armazi goes, I'm considering a van for private use. This is like a way of saying I'm a serial killer, but I, I want you to respect me. It's, it's a euphemism, isn't it, for private use? I'm thinking about putting some tie-down points in the back and doing some sound insulation and taking the door handles off on the inside of the cargo area kind of thing. I'm not suggesting Rob's going to do that. I'm just saying uh, it's, it's a potential modification, right? I like the Toyota Hi-Ace. Just think how many victims you could put in the vehicle such as that. Ah, muzzy. What's your advice on diesel moving forward? Well, you just have to rewind, dude, because I just gave that. There's rumours of a hybrid being released next year. Appreciate your response. So I'd suggest that with a van like the Hi-Ace, the diesel's the one to get every time, dude. Doesn't matter what you're going to do, turn it into a camper, whatever, get the diesel. The hybrid, if you're going to do short trips, then yeah, maybe, but the hybrid's going to be expensive. Like, you're going to pay a price premium for the hybrid, and the diesel is established, you know exactly how it's going to roll and all of that stuff, and the fact is, that high ace is going to be dead and buried like your victims, potentially well before diesel bites the dust.